This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 296 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Total Saddle Fit and EasySignsOnline.com. This is Lindsay McCall from Jupiter, Florida. And this is Regina Christo from Sand Place, New York. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you this week by the United States Para Equestrian Association. And we also have our producer, Glenn, with us. Hey, Hi, guys. Glenn. Hey, welcome back. It's been a while. We had the holidays ran in, and we missed a couple episodes. So it's good to have you guys back in 2015. Thanks. Thanks for having us. And uh, Regina, we're sitting a little better than you are down here in Florida tonight. It's Monday night and you're just getting the blizzard started now, right? Yeah, we are. I'm a little jealous of you guys, but it's the great Northeast. And luckily, we're kind of on the the fringe of it. And we're probably only going to get about 15 to 18 inches. So actually feel uh, happy about that. (laughs) Where you live over there near Buffalo, that's nothing. That's like a day snow. I know. It doesn't really bother me too much. you got a truck and you have four-wheel drive, you you just do what you got to do. But it's tough for a lot of people, you know, especially in the city. So we'll just keep our fingers crossed that everybody's safe and sound. Now, do you have horses up there with you? I do. Um, I actually boarded a local, a small local place about five minutes from my house. And, you know, it's been actually pretty cold this winter and, you know, just, just been kind of frigid, actually. So I, we have an indoor, so I, I do try to ride a lot. But, you know, so sometimes the weather keeps you in a little bit. But the horses are out and they love it and they're bundled up. And they don't oh, really so they will, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be out tonight? Oh, they won't be out tonight, but uh, when the snow stops <laughs> tomorrow, they'll be in during the worst of the storm. But as soon as it lets up, they'll be out. They'll be out again. So, They're tough New yep. York horses. They they get it. They are, and, yeah. you know, our horses, they have quite the wardrobe, and they're bundled from head to toe, and it's good for them to be out, and they don't mind it at all. Now, I have a 13-hand driving pony. He would be covered up by the drifts you're probably going to have, so um, you wouldn't even find him. His little nose would be sticking out the top, and that would be it. Oh, we'd, we'd have to bundle him up really good then. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wish you luck, luck up there. Did you try to go Thank to the you. store? Was there anything left, or was it completely empty? I'm sorry? Did you try to go to the store today, or was there anything at the grocery store, or was it completely empty? Well, it's funny because I stopped last night um, at my grocery store on my way home from an event I was at, and I hadn't even really listened to the radio or the weather, and I, my market had looked like the locust went through. And I, <laughs> I said, what is going on here? And uh, apparently someone said, there's a huge storm coming, and I kind of felt silly because I didn't know, but a big storm doesn't bother me that much. So so there was it was pretty wiped out. You know, people, you know, you're, the most you're going to be snowed in, even in a worse blizzard, we've been in some bad ones, is a week, right? You can probably survive, well, maybe not some people. I don't know how much Lindsay keeps in her refrigerator, so maybe I shouldn't say that. So. <laughs> well, I'm well, baby I'm has from, food. <laughs> yes. well, I'm from up, up in Ohio, up in the snow belt. We get tons of snow, and uh, I keep getting videos of my horses, of course, playing in the snow and enjoying themselves. But my mom loves it when it snows, at least, you know, four inches. 
we have um, multiple sleighs, and she puts one of her driving ah. horses on the sleigh, and she takes ah. it out and rides it across the roads and, ah. and gives sleigh rides to people. So you know, kind of I've been driving for almost 30 years, and I've never driven a sleigh. It looks so much fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. You've got to have a you got to have a good horse, though, because it doesn't turn well. You have to know uh, how, to, how to turn properly so you don't turn over. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Oh, that's well, kind she's of making the best of a bad situation, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, she loves it. Let's see, is she a <laughs> driver? Does she drive uh, normally? Yeah, she does combine driving with her with her one of my um, old hunter ponies, a little Welsh pony. Oh, cool. Very good. Yeah. We'll yeah. have to have her on the driving radio show sometime. <laughs> yeah, she just touches in it. You know, she enjoys it. I've done a few um, little CDEs with her. I've been her, um, her. what do you call that? The caller. The, Navigator. The yes, I calculate all the numbers yep. and tell her where to go. You stand on the back? or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. I was oh, never fun. very good yep. at that because I get lost in the obstacles. I get uh, all messed up. The <laughs> you gates need me. Are... I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I can't remember them all. So, <laughs> well, guys, TV, I'll tell you. <laughs> I know we're not here to talk about paradriving tonight. So uh, we're, we are here to talk about paradressage and the season has gotten under the underway. But before we talk about that, you had some exciting news in the world of paradressage uh, just recently. Yes. Yeah, goodness. Sydney Collier is just just grabbing all the accolades out there. She's had such a wonderful year and she deserves everything she's received. And um, to, first of all, she got the FEI award. It's called the against all odds award um, this year. And she got to travel overseas to receive this award in a big black tie affair. And um, it was a big deal. And it was, we were very excited for her and, she also received the USEF Junior Equestrian of the Year Award, and she recently received that at the USEF convention. So we were well, thinking, hats off to Sydney. Well, let's for not forget. Let's not forget to mention that uh, the FEI award was also received by a certain assistant of hers. Was along. Yes, Journey, her uh, her poodle. That's right. <laughs> her, her guide dog, who who also received a lot of press and publicity this year at the World Equestrian Games, um, being the first dog to ever receive credentials through WAG. And, uh, yes, he also received the award for everything he does for her. Yeah, and, you know, I think that that's one of the most popular dogs in the equestrian world right now, actually. <laughs> Thanks to the... Oh, little... definitely. <laughs> yep. People notice him. He he's, is... a, he's a great dog. And just as a side note, also, I had invited um, Sydney and her coach, Wes Dunham, and um, Sid's mom and Journey to um, to come to Albany for our USDF uh, GMO um, year-end banquet. And they came, and she did a little talk for us. So not only is she traveling the world, she's kind and generous enough to come to my small uh, dressage group and, and speak with us, which was really, really cool. And, and let's remind everybody how old she is. She's 16 years old. 16 yeah. years old, and she's up speaking yeah. at groups. So that, and, oh, yeah. you know, traveling the world, that tells you something about this kid. Um, oh yeah, and yeah. she's an excellent speaker, and she's a she's just delightful. I mean, I just if I had a daughter, I'd want her to be just like her. So and she's been really on our cool. show here a number of times. So if you want to look for her, just look for Sydney Collier. Or go to Dressage Radio Show, 
dot com and just search for Sydney Collier and you can hear some of the interviews we've had her on a couple times. Is she always so bubbly and fun? <laughs> she yeah. is. Yeah. Well, congratulations to her, big time. Yeah. And she was also recently showing um, at the Adequin Global Dressage Festival. Um, it was our first show of the season. Um, we got the first week of January um, down in Wellington, Florida for the CPEDI three-star event. And uh, we had a good amount of riders come to the show. Um, we had some new combinations. We had a couple that um, have been around for at least a year and are getting to know each other really well. And the U.S. team did quite well. They ended up winning um, over Canada this year. And um, the riders really enjoyed um, showing under the FBI ground jury. And, who, and the team consisted of Sydney Collier, uh, Annie Peavy, Rebecca Hart, and who am I missing? Roxanne? And Rock, Roxanne, yes, Roxanne Trunnell. Yeah. Well, congratulations to all of them. And of course, your chef to keep is still Kai Hunt. Yes, uh, yep. and we yep, and then we had four of our wig riders there out of the five, and our fifth one was Susan Trebus, who was in California and couldn't make the Florida show this year. Okay, so Susan didn't make it, huh? No, no, no unfortunately. That's a long way. But yeah. I'm sure she'll be at the California show that um, is coming up in the in the uh, springtime. Terrific, and we I know we have a second, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show, and I know we have a second guest also. Yeah, um, we're going to be first speaking with Brendan Curtis, and Brendan is new as a trainer in paradressage, but he's been around the block. Uh, he started as an eventer, and he's a dressage trainer, and he likes to specialize in the young horses. And uh, we will be speaking with him, and he's now L. Woolley's trainer, who will be aiming for the Paralympics. And before we get started with your first guest here, we have something we do here in the Dressage Radio Show, and it's the Total Saddle Fit Saddle Fitting Tip of the Week. Justin from Total Saddle Fit is going to answer another listener question. We've been getting a ton of them on Saddle Fit questions. So we're going to do that first, and then we'll be back with your first guest. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Back again on the dressage radio show, Justin from Total Saddle Fit is here to answer the questions of our listeners regarding saddles, saddle fits, girths, girth fits, and uh, who has the best pizza in Chicago. Welcome back to the show, Justin. Well, thank you for having me, and I'm sorry that I'm going to have to disappoint you without having that pizza answer ready. <laughs> it's the time of day that I'm, I'm getting the 3 o'clock hungries, and for some <laughs> reason, the image of pizza just popped into my head, and I had to get that out of there. Um, with the, the listeners of the Dressage Radio Show have been enthusiastically emailing questions to Reese at HorseRadioNetwork.com and Philip at HorseRadioNetwork.com. So Justin is here to answer some. And today he's going to answer a question from Diane in Ontario. She writes, how will I know if my saddle needs reflocking? I know, I know some folks just reflock their saddles every three years, years or so. I have a sort of hybrid saddle that is between all-purpose and dressage, and I've had it for five years. I ride five days a week and did use it on two horses until I sold one horse about a year ago. My horse seems to be going forward and in a balanced frame. He stands quiet and still while I saddle him, and he's not telling me that he needs that the fit is not ideal. 
I do not tie my horses for saddling, so he could leave the scene of the crime if he wanted to. So should I get it reflocked anyway? All right. Well, there's a couple sort of ways we can look at reflocking and the need to do that. One is from the um, more fine-tuned sitting perspective, which is, is the saddle sitting balanced and level, um, you know, longitudinally from front to back? Is it, is it balanced left to right? Make sure, is the saddle shifting off to one side? You know, because most horses have some degree of asymmetry, and over a long time period, like what uh, Diane mentioned, three years, many saddles will start to shift one way or the other. So if we're talking about that kind of fitting, and if, you, if your saddles do move around like that, they do have some kind of sort of shift or imbalance that, that happens over time, definitely as soon as you notice any of these imbalances, it's very important to get it checked and get it reflocked. Um, for a lot of horses, that tends to be closer to the one-year mark, but you know, it, varies, it varies wildly from horse to horse and saddle to saddle as well. Now, if we're speaking a little bit more generally, and we're not talking about these fine-tuned details, we're just talking more about maintaining the saddle, maintaining the panels, making sure they're generally in good condition. What I would look for there is when you turn the saddle over, um, and you should do this sort of on a somewhat, somewhat regular basis regardless, just kind of check, it, check out your tack. You know, look at the equipment, see the, look, at the, look at the saddle, look at the panel. Are they soft? How do they feel? Is there anything weird going on? You know, because things can break down over time or screws can come loose. I mean, the last thing you want is a, a screw coming loose out of a saddle and hurting your horse. So it's worthwhile to check it regardless. But as we're talking about checking the, the panel specifically, um, and you don't notice anything weird as far as balance goes, the two things you want to look for is, is the, like the density of the panels. So it could go one of two ways with that. We, want, we ideally want panels that are nice and soft, um, just kind of like a, you know, a pillow you'd want to sleep on, something like that. But you know something needs reflocking when the, if that soft wool has compressed so much the panels are almost like empty feeling where you can push your finger in there and feel the tree underneath it. That would be a suggestion that it might be time to get it reflocked. On the other side of it, for a slightly more densely flocked saddle, if the wool has compressed so much that it's just kind of gotten rock hard, and this happens for older saddles and saddles that go much longer terms without any work to them, but if it's gotten really hard, that's another sign to get it reflocked um, and get some fresh wool in there. It's fluffier. It'll, it'll be softer to mold around the horse's back better. Um, and just be more comfortable overall. Those are the two main things. Um, and a little, you know, to add on to these sort of older, more densely flocked saddles, every once in a while you'll find that wool, which is what many, many saddles out there are flocked with, um, the, the wool can kind of bunch up and get a little bit lumpy sometimes. And as you run your hand with some pressure along the length of the panel, if you notice any spots where it kind of feels like there's a knot there, Again, another sign that you probably want to get the flocking work done because those lumps are only going to add just a little bit of undue pressure to your horse's back. Uh-huh. And a great way to witness and feel for yourself all of those attributes to saddles, of saddles that need to be reflocking, is go to your local uh, swap meet or yard sale or yard tax sale and pick up all those 500 year old saddles that people are trying to sell for $25. Those saddles have those attributes. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right. That's such a great point. I never, I never thought of it that way. And you're, you're totally on it with that. Those old saddles are exact, ex- perfect examples of how not to have a saddle flocked. So 
pick those up and play with them and then go home and play with yours and see if they're similar. And if they are, you need to call somebody. That's right. There we go. Now, for someone who has a saddle that is not flocked, one of the foam panel saddles, does foam get hard or does it just break down and get flat? You know, foam, um, it, it will break down, but we're talking over very, very long periods. Generally, um, for, you know, for the, for the life of the saddle, there's not a heck of a lot you can really do with the foam. Um, I know people can put some, some fitters will put wedges in between the saddle and the foam panel to account for different balance issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. But as far as it breaking down or, or, you know, softening up over time, it doesn't have that element because it is what one rigid piece of material mm-hmm. as opposed to wool, which is kind of a more pliable, natural fiber. Yeah. So, you you know, the sort of general, um, the, the, the general thought is that the wool requires some maintenance, but is, is, you know, natural, softer, more comfortable for a horse, molds to their back much better while foam is, is lower maintenance. And you pretty much, for the most part, you don't have to touch it for a really, really long time. But at the same time, it doesn't really change with your horse. It is what it is, what it is. Like a like a cheap pair of shoes. It is what it is, what it is. If they don't fit when you buy them, they'll never fit. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. There we go. Well, thank you very much for answering Diane's question. Diane, I hope you that helped you out, and we will be seeing you again soon, Justin. I'm sure. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Hi, Brendan. Uh, thanks for coming on the show tonight with Regina and I. Hey, guys. Thanks so, so much for having me. So I'd love to know kind of your background. Could you give us, our viewers, a, a little background and bio? Yeah, for sure. So I, I started off eventing, um, switched uh, to dressage kind of in my late teens, uh, been focusing on that, uh, took a working student position with a lady in Maryland, um, Felicitas von Noman Kosel. Uh, I was with her for six years as a working student, uh, probably from 2001 until 2007. Then I moved to North Carolina to become an assistant trainer for a gentleman named Jim Coford. Uh, I was with Jim for about three years before I branched off into my own and, and for my own dressage training business, Curtis Dressage LLC. I've been doing that for about, I think that was since 2009, um, and moved to, I'm now based out of the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. Uh, have most mostly focused on young horses, um, but then I've had, you know, some young riders that have gone to 
the North American Young Rider Championships and uh, now taking on a student who hopefully the aim is uh, for the Paralympics in 2016. Awesome. Did I hear you say that you worked with Jim Cofert? Yeah, yeah. I, I worked for Jim for about three years. Oh, wonderful. He also um, coaches one of the para-dressage riders. <laughs> yes, Um yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm name, but uh, Mary Jordan. Mary Jordan. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, um, what are your thoughts on Paradisage after completing the first international show and um, seeing that and working with Elle Woolley? Um, you know, it, it's been quite a learning experience, uh, to be honest. This is my first uh, sort of foray into the para-equestrian world. Um, so, Elle had a horse um and when i met her she was uh, training in in florida last season um that horse unfortunately had some health related issues and so has been um kind of recuperating from that we've been looking for another horse for her to find well vince ramos riding program was generous enough to donate one for her use um we we got in the middle, middle of december so unfortunately we missed the first competition wise we missed the first cdi but did fly down to kind of watch and get a basically get an eye on the competition. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear you guys when uh, you've got a chance to go down. Um, have you talked to uh, Jim Colford at all and gotten any tips or any advice from him on um, what it's like to be uh, working and training with the Empire rider? You know, I, I have a little bit. Um, Jim was down because Mary, so in conjunction with, with the CDI uh, that was running in January, they also had a, a two-day clinic following the CDI um, mm-hmm. that Mary Jordan was riding in as well. So I was able to kind of catch up with Jim while I was there um, and, and kind of compare notes a little bit. So what's your next move with Al? And I know, like you said, this is kind of new to you. You're getting your feet wet. But what are your future plans? Yeah. So the the short-term plans are to utilize. Um, she's still getting familiar with her horse. Um, the plan is to utilize some schooling shows to get him out and see kind of what his reactions are going to be. Start our recognized show season end of March, beginning of May, and then the, we're, we're going to make the trek out to California uh, for the Rancho Marietta CDI. Um, I forget which, I believe it's the second weekend of June. Oh, that sounds like a terrific plan. And how um, how is Elle doing? And, how, um, and can you tell us a little bit about the horse that she's riding and how it's going? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the horse's name is Right Time. Um, it's been competed. We got it. It was donated to the Vince Ramos Riding Program by a lady named Kelly Lane, um, who rides uh, for Australia. And she competed the horse through small tour um, in the national level. She did a couple of precinct tours, and I won. Um, and then the owners decided that this was going to be the right right life for it. So Elle's, mm-hmm. Elle's had the horse about a month. Um, it, it's really a freaking perfect horse, I think, kind of for the situation. Um, really, really special, talented, uh, kind of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for her. Um, so so he, he's got some kind of personality quirks that she's kind of getting to, kind of getting to know. But um, I think he's, he's going to be a really good, good project, uh, especially long-term. And Elle Woolley, um, she rides with one hand, like a few of our other riders. And each rider that does ride with one hand uses different aids. Um, what in particular do you guys use with this horse for Elle? Um, you know, in particular, the biggest thing that we use, um, for, you know, for this horse is a bar. Uh, it's about six inches long that connects the two reins. So it makes it a little bit easier for her to ride with, with one hand. 
Um, we're also using an elastic band to keep uh, her left foot in, in the stirrup as well. Oh, nice. Interesting. And what have you noticed, like, crossing over from dressage and para-dressage? Obviously, there's a lot of parallels. Um, what, have you, what have you gained from para-dressage um, training that versus dressage? Um, it, it's, hmm, that's a tricky question. Um, it, it's been really eye-opening to kind of watch all the different, you know, kind of para-equestrians with, with their different, uh, you know, disabilities. Uh, it, it's made me more aware of where I have to focus on, on training the horse and be a little bit more responsive to make mm-hmm. up for where L isn't able to be as, as strong. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, but at, at the same time, uh, one of the cool things was like you mentioned the word parallel was, it was how much these, you know, folks really want to not be viewed as, as disabled <laughs> and really to right. kind of ride parallel and, and get their butts kicked the same way uh, any able-bodied athlete is going to um, and and just kind of keep up keep up a pretty high standard I think and not uh, not slack off Brenda what would you describe just like a typical training day um, with L and the horse and you um, can you just tell us a little bit about what how you proceed with that for sure um, so tip, typical day where we've been working the horse kind of on a Monday through Saturday type program. Um, we usually do one, one lighter day. We started mixing it up a little bit, uh, in terms of utilizing some Cavaletti. Um, I think we're going to actually try free jumping the horse for, uh, you know, for the first time this week, but, um, just a, it's been winter. They can't get outside so much. Um, so just kind of break, break up the monotony of 20 meter circles. But, um, mm-hmm. norm, normally, uh, I'll warm the horse up, you know, for L for about, probably 15 to 20 minutes, uh, do a lot, you know, kind of do a lot of transitions, uh, help, help work through some of the, you know, stiffnesses that the, that the horse may have and, and try to further, further his, his training, um, as well. So help can kind of focus on learning what, what a good feel is and not, not having to do too much of the, uh, you know, kind of dirty work, you know, per se at this, mm-hmm. at this point. Well, I'll, I, I get to know the horse as well. So we generally work you, the horse for about about an hour each day, um, and, and I'll be on for probably forty to fifty percent of the time. Wow! And when you went to look for this horse, um, I guess when you look for any horse for any of your riders, um, what were you looking for specifically? Um, mostly compatibility between Al and the horse. Um, this this was a little bit of an interesting situation that. Um, we didn't go out to look for him. We more went down. We, we got a phone call saying that this horse had been donated to Vince Ramos and to come down and see if the personalities might be a, might be a match. Um, so it was mostly we knew, given its competition record, knowing the training, uh, you know, that the, the training program that the horse had come from, that uh, the quality was there and the training was there, um, but just is it was it going to be a personality match between the two of them? And, and would the horse be tolerant of uh, somebody who's physically compromised? Right, right. And as far as what you know of the horse, I mean, planning a, a trip out to, uh, you know, CDI out in California, you know, we pretty much all know how much time and efforts and patience and money and blood, sweat, and tears it takes to get to these competitions. Do you think he's uh, going to be a good traveler? And how, how do you think that's all going to be? 
Um, I, I anticipate him to be a fairly solid traveler. You know, he was he was born in in Germany and then shipped to the to the actually Canada when he was a young horse. I believe the first owner bought him when he was a year and a half and spent time in Canada and then was shipped down to Florida. Um, maybe was leased for a little while uh, to a barn up in Michigan and. And we shipped him from Florida to Pennsylvania again, and he settled in really was right as rain within 24 hours. Uh, so he, he's got a fair amount of travel experience already. Um, so I, I think he's a pretty good candidate to be able to, you know, kind of campaign across the country like this. Oh, that's that's really good because not all horses uh, like that very much. Oh, that's terrific. I'd like to know, Brendan, you mentioned you um, are training a lot of young horses. I'd like to know kind of what your program is um, with young horses. Um, okay, <laughs> I've I, um, I've developed a little bit of a niche uh, in the young horse markets and, and young horse world, where it's I've, I've been very passionate about it, and have a lot of my influences have been been breeders and young horse coaches and, and riders, and uh, really really think it's an area in the U.S. where we're a little bit lacking, um, and, and it's a really fun part of the horses I can yeah. be be, uh, you know, a part of, um, I, I, I get a lot of, we end up starting about six to eight horses every spring, um, you know, from, from certain select breeders and campaign them for both local shows. And I had two six-year-olds qualify for the national championships out in Lamplight, uh, last year and have another five-year-old that'll be campaigning for, for the same championship this year. And, just trying to pick out horses that, that really can represent the breed and in national level competitions like that. How do you bring them along? Um, so you're not pushing them too much. I, I think that I, I tend to use the, the young horse program as, as very loose guidelines. <laughs> um, <that's laughs> a, it, it, it's kind of a good, good judge for us where they can be at any stage of their life, but they don't have to, not every horse is ready for the four-year-old test. Not every horse is ready for the five-year-old test. Some may not be ready for any of them and then decide that when they're eight years old, they're ready for the St. George. Um, so it, it, it's kind of good loose guidelines just to have something to, to base, you know, kind of base your program off of, but really mm-hmm. listening to the horses and individual and they're, they're usually pretty clear about telling you, what, what they're up for and, and what they're not. You know, I, in a lot of parts of the country, you know, winter is not a, a, a great place to work and train and, uh, you know, get things done. And, you know, especially the para riders need to stay with in a program consistently to be ready for these, you know, these big events. You know, do you have any tips that you could tell our listeners um, how to stay fit and how to stay in the tack and what you guys kind of do to to keep going during this cold weather? Um, yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm lucky and I know not everybody is, but I'm, I've got a regulation size dressage arena, you know, indoors, um, attached to my barn. So basically once you walk in the barn doors, you don't have to leave. <laughs> so that, nice. that don't tell me it's heated though. Is it heated? <laughs> no, no, not, not heated. Oh, we're not, we're not that spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we will um, all be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that, that makes the training, you know, aspect a lot more pleasant. I, I did operate for quite a few years without an indoor and, and it just really became prohibitive of, of serious training that when the ground freezes, you can't mm-hmm. ride. Um, so I am, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough where weather doesn't normally affect kind of the day-to-day riding program. 
uh, I know I'm, I'm also a very firm believer in kind of the rider's physical fitness. And so I personally go to a gym, you know, two to four, two to four days a week, um, and, and work with the trainer and, and Elle does the same. And then I think that's both for her specific, um, disabilities has, has been incredibly helpful for her to a maintain a certain level of physical fitness, uh, to benefit her riding and also as a physical therapy aspect to focus on where she's weak and, and try to make really those, those areas that are compromised stronger. So really, really between the two, it's been kind of a good program. Brendan, do you have a way for people to contact you if they're interested in learning more about you? Um, the best, best way would be through email. Um, okay. And I'm, can I, I can go ahead and give that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, curtisdressage at gmail.com. Well, we want to thank you for coming on the show today and uh, for giving us your tips and your young horse. I was talking about your young horse training program and also kind of letting us know how you felt about the parasage program. Yeah, it's really been a it's been a fun program to be a part of and really appreciate, you know, kind of programs like this uh, radio show, bringing it uh, out to the public and, and letting folks know what's going on. Easy Signs Online is the official sign company of the Horse Radio Network. This week's product highlight are their personalized nameplates. Perfect for horse stalls, tack rooms, lockers, bedroom doors, dog kennels, or whatever you can think of. Choose from hundreds of online graphics to further customize the nameplates from EasySignsOnline.com. Made from one half inch thick solid PVC signboard, these colorful and unique one sided nameplates are three and a half inches by 16 inches and are designed for durability, long-term indoor or outdoor use. They are only $39.95 each, and remember, free shipping on most orders over $100. Visit them at EasySignsOnline.com. Our next guest is Ellie Brimmer, who is uh, currently residing in Wellington, Florida. Thanks for uh, joining us tonight on the show, Ellie. Thanks. Happy to be here, as always. So, how are how's everything going down in uh, in the south during the uh, beginning of the season? Um, it's going really well. We've already had um, our big international CPEDI, and um, that was a good uh, learning experience. And now we're taking some time and figuring out our next plans for these next couple months coming up here. Great. So the show went well, and uh, I know we. Uh, had quite a few riders, and uh, everything seemed to go smoothly, and um, and we did pretty well, I heard. Yeah, you know, the United States won the team competition, which is huge for us because uh, we're already looking towards our team rankings and making sure we have a uh, team spot for the Rio uh, Paralympics. And so um, that was really that was really good. And for me personally. Um, I improved on my scores, and there's still uh, a lot of room for growth, and so I'm really happy with my own performance personally. What did you think of some of the uh, new rider combinations that we saw? Um, well, Dale Dedrick, um, who I used to ride with with Rosalind Kinsler, was there with her new horse, Mr. B., and um, I've seen them work together for quite some time now, so it was nice to see her get back in the international ring and show well. 
And um, let's see, Roxy retired her mayor from the WAG, and so she is uh, feeling out new partners as well, so it was nice to see her back. And uh, Sydney also um, got to see her horse, Wentworth, come back after an injury, and she also um, borrowed a horse from Kai as well, so it was good to see her get out there on a couple mounts. And uh, um, let's see, I don't think I'm... Oh, and Derek also had a new horse, and he's always such a good guy, and it was fun to see him as well. Yeah, we saw. I think so. Yeah, Mary. We saw Mary Jordan for her first time. Oh, right, Mary. Yeah, see, Mary was always. I I never I never got to see Mary because her ride was always after mine, so I wouldn't be taking care of my own horse. Um, But yeah, (laughs) no, it was also good to see uh, see Mary mounted up as well. So it's exciting times. There's lots of shake shaking up with the horse and rider combinations. Well, that's good news. I think we're looking pretty good as a country though we're looking pretty solid and we have some really nice horses compared to you know the past years i know um when we spoke in some of the rider meetings um kai that he talked with the judges and said they were really pleased with the quality of the horse flesh that we have right now and so now this next step is to unfortunately take the time which and get everybody together and solid as combinations, and I think we can be a force to be reckoned with, for sure. Great. So, Ellie, uh, tell us, um, we know you're working with a new trainer, um, Shelly Francis, who mm-hmm. is a pretty big name in our uh, U.S. dressage world and able-bodied. Uh, can you tell us um, a little bit about um, Shelly and how you um, are working with her and how are things going? Yeah, sure. Um, I came to work with Shelly because I wanted, I, I bought this place down in Florida at the end of last season, and I'm looking towards staying in the South a little more long term. Um, so I wanted to be with somebody who was going to be here on a more of a year round basis. And Shelly is based out of Laxahatchee in White Fences. And um, she's, like I said, she's a fabulous high performance rider. I really enjoy. Um, Working with her, we've really kind of raised the bar, um, you know, been very picky about attention to detail. She's very, very exacting about how she wants, like, every little piece of tack, everything's fit. The horses are very well-conditioned. Um, she just wants nothing to interfere with the training, which I really like. It's um, it's up to my own horsemanship level. And... Um, we just work on a lot of basics because right now that's what I need. Um, it's a lot of transitions, a lot of very simple things, but I think it's going to really uh, benefit us in the long run. And I do know I saw, um, even though I had some mistakes in my tests, I did get some higher scores on a lot of the other things. So I think um, the quality is improving. And so I'm really happy with my work with Shelly and I'm looking forward to continuing that over these next couple months. What does a lesson with Shelly look like? Um, Shelly, she likes you to think independently. So she doesn't give you a, she, she doesn't say today we're going to work on X, Y, Z. It's a lot of times um, I'll come to her and say, like, can we, uh, like I've been working on uh, my canner transitions. And so we uh we do a lot of those and it's focusing a lot on changing little things like body positioning and going where I'm looking. Um, she's very big on making sure the horse has to follow 
where you looked, and it's a lot of simple things. And she also, um, she likes you to be able to take long breaks and then uh, pick something up again, and so it always switches things up for the horses. And she also makes sure they get um, they get out of the ring um, on a weekly basis. The horses go hack with a little loop and white fences, um, so that's really nice for them. Great. That sounds like it's working out nice. And um, how yeah. is your horse Louie doing? Oh, he's perfect, as always. Okay. Um, he's, uh, like I said, we're kind of in a new program and getting things worked out, and um, I'm really enjoying him. He's fabulous. Uh, but, um, actually, the broker who I used in Europe is going to come down and visit this spring, and she wants to see him. So um, I'll be excited to see uh, Gunda again. That'll be really fun. But um, yeah, he's been great. Even at the at the CPDI, we got to do a little exhibition for the paras, and we uh, we did a little demo under the lights and kind of trotted around the main stadium ring. And he's such an even temperament, such a nice guy. So I'm really happy with him right now. With you being down here in Wellington, what are you planning to do the rest of the season? Um. Right now, I am considering there's still some things that I want to fix um, in my para test. Um, I want to make the test a little cleaner, have a little better transitions, things like that. So um, I actually uh, did a little research, went on the FBI website, looked up all our para judges, and I saw which ones that are coming up um, on the CDI panels that'll be here. And so... uh, Christy Wysocki is going to be back in Global at the end of February. And then we have, um, she's a four-star para-judge. And Freddie Lehman, who is a five-star para-judge, is going to be here for two weeks. And Carlos Lopez, who's another five-star, is going to be here for a week um, near the end of the season. So I'm going to try and get into some of those shows. um, Because if they put some of those judges in the national, judging national classes as well, Hopefully, I'll be able to get a chance to ride in front of them and get some of that feedback. Oh, that's a great a recent, idea. You had a recent clinic. Um, there was a big clinic right after the international CPEDI. And uh, mm-hmm. tell me about this clinic that everyone did. Um, this was a Train the Trainer Symposium with Shell Meyer. And um, we were used uh, as demo riders to help... Uh, New trainers and coaches, like I know you had a Brendan on earlier, to help them better understand the the high performance um, para world and what the judges' expectations are. And of course, um, as a rider, I benefited from that getting a getting Shell's opinion because uh, we do have such few opportunities to get in front of these judges, and so. It was really nice to get some feedback, and now I've got some uh, some good stuff to work on, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting back in front of him again sometime soon. Well, we look forward to hearing a little bit more about you in the coming months and hear how you do um, in the coming season, and uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Ellie. Oh, well, I always like talking to you guys, and I hope to see both of you soon. Uh, Regina, if you ever want to get back out of the cold, you're more than happy to come visit again. That was so much fun. Thank uh, you so much. Great talking with you guys, and I'm sure I'll see you soon. Hi, 
Hi, this is Gina Moronic from Wisconsin, and I am an official Horse Radio Network auditor. It's something I'm really proud to do and to be a part of in a small way because it's something that I get a lot of information from. The Horse Radio Network uh, and the convenience of the downloadable podcasts means that I can improve my horsemanship skills, my riding skills, um, or just really enjoy listening to friendly, informative programming whenever I'm driving to work or working on chores or at the barn even. So I hope you find it as enjoyable as I do. If you do, go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner to become a Horse Radio Network auditor for as little as a dollar a month you can be involved in this great thing too and keep it going thanks so guys i know you had this first show of the season when does the official when do you really get started showing well we just our first big huge show is just first january that was our big show and then We'll have a few shows coming up through the spring, and then a few riders will be heading over to Europe, hopefully, to participate over there in the pair dressage competition. And uh, then we'll go from there to the uh, national championships and get into fall. Now, are we looking forward right now to the Olympics? Is that the next big thing? Uh... Yeah, that's our next big uh, big medal competition, and that is what we're all aiming for and what all these horse shows are qualifying the riders for now are there para is there para in the pan ams so they are supposed to be adding us i think this coming pan am but yes there will be okay there there has not been in the past though right that'll be a new thing uh i'd have to be corrected but i assume no i'm pretty sure no okay i was wondering about that uh, well, and, and prospects, I mean, you, you seem to be very excited about the new horses and new combinations that are coming up. Uh, is that something that, you know, we got, we have what, uh, a little over, over a year and a half till Olympics. So uh, is that something we're excited about? Yeah. Regina, what do you think? Oh, I think from, unfortunately I didn't make it to the, the first big show, uh, the beginning of this month, but I heard a lot of great things um, about the horses, about the riders, the teamwork. Uh, I think the whole the whole thing is is coming together, and uh, a lot of people are very excited. And uh, I think uh, we're just going to keep at it, and um, I think success is is on the horizon for us. Yay! We need to start winning oh, and- some medals so you guys can get yeah. more money to do this with. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so exciting. Yes. We actually have pair dressage at the Young Riders this year at the uh, North American Young Riders. Oh, really? So we're very excited to have that. We're looking for a big sponsor. And uh, yeah, it'll be the first year of that. And that's in at the Kentucky Horse Park. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Very good. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, again, thank you so much for joining us here once a month on the Dressage Radio Show. We really appreciate it. Uh, can you give out the website again? USPEA.org. USPEA.org is the website. Uh, Reese and Philip will be back next week. As a matter of fact, I'm heading down to see uh, Reese and Philip in Wellington next week. Uh, Philip's flying in, and, and for the first time ever, I'm going to meet Philip in person after doing the show with him for two years. And then uh, we're going to have a good time down there. We're going to watch some eventing, some jumping, and we might even watch a little dressage. I'm not sure. Um, but, the, you know, they seem more interested in going to watch the jumping. So, 
like, why? I, just, I know. I had to say, aren't you the, you know, they, well, we see dressage all the time. So, uh, and then we're going to watch polo. So I think we're seeing everything but dressage while we're down there. No, I'm sure we'll catch you guys it. Down right. busy. <laughs> uh, so I think we'll see all of that. But of course, you can, the easiest way to listen to our shows is our app. And I'm happy to say now that 60% of our listeners are listening on their phones through our app. And that's uh, Horse Radio Network in the iOS or Android app store. Just search for it. It's free. It's easy to use. It's the simplest way to listen to the Dressage Radio Show and all eight of the shows on the Horse Radio Network. And we, because of the app, it's also very exciting. We've increased the number of countries. People in, in used to listen to us in 42 different countries. And over the last year, that has more than doubled to 93. Wow. Uh, and that is because of the app. They're all listening on, on the app. So we're, well, we welcome people from all over the world. Some countries I've never even heard of, and I didn't know they had horses. So, uh, and now are <laughs> listening. So we appreciate that as well. And the numbers, I just want to mention also the numbers for the Dressage Radio Show keep going up. They set another record again in 2014. And uh, we appreciate you both and all of the paras for joining us here last year and for recent Philip for putting in the hard work they do every single week. So thank you guys. I really appreciate you doing this. Well, we love doing it. We enjoy getting to talk to all the, all the experts in the paradise world. And now Regina has to go because she has to get her shovel out and sharpen it up. Oh, that's why I had children, Glenn. Ah, got it. Got it. Go out and play in the snow and bring the shovel with you while you're at it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for once again having us on, Glenn. We'll see you guys. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. Be safe.